Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal. Develop high-quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Welcome back to the Paddle and Fin Podcast Network. We're brought to you by... Yak Gadget. For all your kayak fishing accessory needs, go to yakgadget.com. Pelican cases, coolers, and lighting. Go to pelican.com. The 153 Bait Company. For all your hard and soft bait needs, go to the 153anglers.com. Now let's get this show started. Hey everybody, welcome back to Advanced Kayak Angler, show number two, The Deuce. So uh, yeah, appreciate y'all listening as always. Uh, tonight we're going to talk about finesse wind baiting and how this kind of prompted me is it's not something I do very often. I, I'm definitely, I would say, a novice at it. And during the Bass Pickwick event here recently, I caught my fifth fish, fifth keeper that got me it was a difference between me getting a check and not getting a check throwing a finesse swim bait i threw an okashira screw head with a spark shad on there and uh and yeah that was difference in between making making a little check and going home with nothing so i definitely it's it's a technique i need to learn more and i think for a lot of people i enjoy finesse fishing but generally people kind of a lot of people are do not enjoy finesse fishing and but i think this is one of those techniques that if you have it in your arsenal, you're a better angler. So, yeah. Here we go. So, I got three people who are excellent at it, who have won money at it. And, uh, yeah, three of the best anglers in the country. So, we'll go ahead and bring them on now in alphabetical order because none are better than the other. We have Catherine Field, <laughs> Tim Rodman, and Kurt Smith. Yeah. How y'all doing? Hey, man. How's it going? Thank y'all for being on. Well, I always think, like, whenever I do the thumbnail on a video or I bring yeah. people on, like, Oh, why? You know, it's like a tiny slight. Like, why'd they bring me on first? Or why is it my name first? So I always do alphabetical. So if you're ever on the show, that's why. All right. Fair enough. I do like Catherine Besso. I'm sorry, guys. (laughs) That's okay. I would too, man. I don't blame you. That's just the truth first sometimes. Look, look, having having the last name uh, starting with F is great in Turney X, too, because when I get a goose egg, I'm at least in front of a bunch of other people with like W as their last name. So, (laughs) always time accounts. All right, so we'll do a quick intro. If people don't know who you are, Catherine, we'll start with you. Tell everybody who you are and how you got into kayak fishing, I guess. Oh, my gosh. That's a (laughs) kayak. Catherine Field, you can call me Kate. Um, 
kayak fishing, been doing it a couple years. Um, I'm one of those crazy people that drives around the country and just does as many kayak bass tournaments as I can. And I love throwing little tiny swim baits more than probably anything. Um, yeah. So there's me in a very tiny nutshell. How's that? I like it. Oh, yeah. All right. Tim, how about you? Uh, I'm Tim Rodman. Uh, some people might know me. Some people might hate me. Who knows? Uh, <laughs> I, I've been doing the kayak tournament scene for, you know, I'm a lawyer in Texas, so people hate lawyers. <laughs> uh, I've been doing the kayak tournament scene probably three years now, maybe maybe four years. Uh, it was my first one. Um, just getting into the national scene now. And, uh, you know, frogging's my, really my favorite thing to do. You know, I'm not going right. to lie. I, I love to frog. I, I would frog every single time I could fish um, if I could. But something I, I do love to do is throw finesse swim baits. I'm with Kate. I absolutely love it. There's just nothing like a big old bass smacking a little bitty swim bait mm -hmm. taking off with your line. So <laughs> just something I've, I love to do. And uh, we use a lot on salt water down here too. So yeah. what, what, what kind of lawyer are you? Uh, estate planning and real estate mostly. Yeah. So, like so, so the good kind, not the bad kind. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> not like an ambulance chaser. No, 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 no. The nice kind of lawyer. Well, so. I, I don't, we don't live in Texas. So maybe, I didn't know. Maybe you have commercials like, call me, you know, <laughs> you're one of those people on TV. I, I don't yeah. Know. The Texas hammer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, man. That guy's, that guy's a trip. No, that's not me. I'm pretty boring. So, so y'all have a guy named the Texas Hammer. Hey, he calls himself the Texas Hammer. We got the gorilla, gorilla something. There's an oh man. Uh, well, we, have, we have the Alabama Hammer. Uh, oh yeah. yeah, I forget his name. Call me the Alabama Hammer. <laughs> so funny. That, that's that's actually funny. how our the KFL team I'm on. That's how we got the name. It wasn't like hammers like good anglers. It was Alabama hammers. Call Mike Alabama hammer. He's a big buck. He's got one where he's hunting a deer. Yeah, it's don't don't say that. He's gonna give you a call pretty soon. So. I, hey, he took my name. I hope he does. That would be awesome. That's funny. All right, Kurt. How about you, man? Kurt Smith, uh, I'm a very, I love throwing finesse. You know, swim baits is just another, another one of the finesse baits that I throw. I love throwing. Yeah. And I want to talk about that that one you were throwing on Watts Bar a little bit earlier this year too. So, get, okay. get a little bit of juice on that if we can. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So, uh, so yeah. First, I guess we'll start um, just. Where to start? Like, if somebody's watching this and they've never thrown a finesse swim bait, where the heck do you start? Like, there's so many, so many weights, so many different kinds, blades, no blades. What, if you were going to tell a beginner, this is what you need to check out first, what would you tell them? You first. Yeah. Yeah. Who wants to go first? Go ahead. Man. <laughs> okay. Um, you know, if, if I was just to tell a brand new person who's never thrown one, I would say just go get a quarter ounce jig, you know, like like little, like a regular, like you buy a Bass Pro Shop, you can buy them anywhere, you can buy them at Walmart, and get a three-inch white swim bait and throw that. You're going to catch something on that. I mean, you will definitely catch something on that. May not be a bass because it's a small bait. It could be a, a bluegill. It could be a crappie. But you're going to catch something on it, and that's and that's what I would start with. 
you know, and then it goes in from there, you know, you go into techniques from there, but that'd be the basics for someone just starting into it. Gotcha. Tim, how about you? And, and uh, you're, you're in Ohio, right? Oh, yep. Yeah. Yep. Southwest Ohio. Tim's okay. in Texas and Catherine, she's everywhere. America. <laughs> All over the place. <laughs> um, you know, I kind of agree with Kurt. Um, you know, the, the weight really is just, for me, the weight's going to be dependent on how deep or shallow you're fishing, right? Like here in Texas, you can fish a finesse swim bait in a foot or two foot of, two feet of water, right? Um, especially during the shad spawn. Um, so here it really just kind of depends on how shallow you're fishing, what time of year it is. Um, on the weight of the jig head, but, but I agree with Kurt, um, you know, a, a two and a half, three inch white, sometimes some type of shad type, uh, realistic swim bait, a paddle tail, um, is generally my go-to. Um, now I'll shorten it and lengthen it and stuff based on things, but that you can't beat starting with that because it looks just like every little shad or minnow and every fishery across the country, yep. you know, you're going to get bit by something, throwing something like that around. So. Yeah. yeah, I definitely agree with Kurt there. Now, I imagine with the, you know, coming into the fall, like this is going to start to be maybe the ramp up to the best time of year where finesse swim baits are the best because I'm guessing, I, I don't know, I'm not saying this by my knowledge that in the fall, whenever you have, you know, the fish are feeding on those tiny baits, a finesse swim bait would be a, a great time to go. So a great time for a show. And Catherine, how about you? This is where Tim Rodman's going to pull out his little prop because <laughs> which one, which I, one actually, do you I actually started with the white one he has. Yeah. Yes, right there. Let's see if I can hold them the right way. Yeah, yeah the Roadrunners. That is what I started throwing first <laughs> with the Roadrunner. Um, yeah. First, because they have a really derpy looking face, like a horse, <laughs> like, like a seahorse or something yeah. like that. There I we thought, go. The derpy I, face. That is it. <laughs> I never thought about it. Yes, it is. It's derpy. So funny. But uh, but that's what I started on, and the reason the reason I like it, um, it adds not just not just sort of that swim bait, but it adds that little razzmatazz, a little a little bit of a a sound to it in the water, a little flash, and you know as long as you don't let it crush into the bunch of the weeds on the bottom but it, you know a good retrieve on that well like kurt said the same thing that you're going to get bit on a lot of different things so if you're going to go for that crappie uh bass pike <laughs> like a lot of things want to destroy that uh little thing in there but yeah. i really love those roadrunners so sorry tim i stole your props because oh, no. i'm so jealous of them but i love those uh i love those roadrunners and I started and, and fishing those in Utah actually because the the water visibility I was fishing was really um, like two inches of visibility, so I needed something that had that movement, but the fish could find <laughs> what I was throwing. So, you know, the audio because it makes a sound. I I didn't know till I put a GoPro in my tub, and I started like <laughs> using uh, swim baits. And, I don't, does anybody else do this? But I take my lures and I fill up the tub mm -hmm. and then I like put the GoPro in and I, and I, I like to hear what they sound like underwater and stuff. Mm -hmm. And they have a really interesting sound underwater. So I, 
And I guess I'm the only weirdo that uh, <laughs> I'm not. records the sounds of my lures underwater, but yeah, yeah. you should put out an album like a yeah, <laughs> sounds from the tub. So yeah. somebody tones. did that. Uh, somebody did that with the chatterbaits the other day. And the difference, I can't remember who it was. It was a few months ago. This yeah, like exactly that. Wire the fish did that. Yeah, there you yeah. go. Yeah, about the different sounds is really yeah. awesome. It's interesting what little underspins will make sound wise. So mm -hmm. it's worth it. Yeah. It's not just the flash. It's not just the razzmatazz. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> it's so, a derpy face. Yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> when is the best time of year? Is it in the fall? Is it shad spawn? When, when, like, if you had to pick one time, when is the best time to throw it? Spring mm. or fall? Spring. For sure. I mean, those, those would be the two best times. I think you can throw – I throw them year-round. I mean, honestly, those little swim baits and, and, and going up to like a four-inch or even a five- or six-inch paddle tail swim bait, um, man, you can – I mean, all it's an all-year bait. Swim baits are all-year baits. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I, yeah. I've thrown a lot of the bigger ones here on the Tennessee River and stuff, you know, the big hollow, belly, hollow bellies and things like that. But I've, I've never really gotten into the small stuff, but uh, – mm -hmm. Y'all would say the same, so it would be mm -hmm. spring or fall, probably. I'm with Kurt. I throw it all year. Okay. <laughs> uh, it's just a different situation. Um, you know, shad spawn, obviously. And you know that's that here. It's April, late April, May. You know, getting into the summer months. It's a little different for everybody else. Um, you know, but I start throwing it late spring, and I'll throw them all summer into the fall. Um, I won't throw them so much in the winter time. Uh, I usually go to it like Kurt was saying, a little bigger profile that I yeah. can slow roll on the bottom a little deeper and stuff. Um, but I will use the road runners like Kate's talking about, and I'll just yeah. I'll hop them around a lot during the winter on the bottom. Yeah, and they seem to whack those pretty good. So yeah, I'm I'm pretty much I would say an all year as well, but um, I think summertime I actually skip them a lot um, up under stuff. So I skip up under docks and things like that um, and let them, especially with the Okashira screw head and a little tiny spark shad and skip that up under there and just let that little thing helicopter down. It's almost irresistible <laughs> to something lurking down there that just wants to destroy that. So there you go. Okay. So weedless, and I, I know, I definitely get that you would want to throw a weedless jig head around weeds, but for that swim bait, that's not really something you're throwing in cover. So when do you go to a weedless head versus a non-weedless head? Or, oh, Kurt's got <laughs> Well, I mean, in the grass, Kurt. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> I throw them in grass. I throw them into cover. I throw them a lot of places that other people don't. And you have to run a weedless head, you know? And it and the deal is, is like, what kind of weedless do you want? Because I'll Texas rig them sometimes, and I will pitch them into the heaviest cover and burn them out like a spinnerbait, mm -hmm. you know, and, and and take away the finesse part about it and turn it into reaction bait, mm -hmm. you know, because I'll throw it right into that deep stuff and then burn them right out, throw it into the deep stuff and burn them right out. Or you can get a jig head that has like a wire coming off of it, yeah. you know, which is weedless but you're not throwing that into heavy cover or at least i'm not throwing that one into heavy cover but yeah i, I mean i love throwing around if there's if there's like eelgrass 
Uh, you know, and you get like a foot of water above it, man. I love burning them around that eel grass all over the place, especially if there's little little spots, little bare spots in it. So, sense. I mean, there's a lot of ways you can you can fish these. At Midway USA, we know the AR-15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern American history. Known for its modularity and widespread use, it's often considered essential to any gun collection. The essential things you need to run an AR-15 are usually always in stock during shortages, things like magazines and 5.56 ammo. Whether you're looking to buy a new AR-15 or buy parts for your modern sporting rifle, log on and for just about everything for the outdoors, shop MidwayUSA.com. Okay. Yeah. And definitely. Yeah. Not, how about y'all? Same thing. And you, you just throw it anywhere, but you just go weedless. Uh. Um. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'll throw it anywhere. I mean, I'll throw it. Well, in all fairness, there's I mean, grass everywhere. Yeah. yeah if, if you get a big one in Texas, it would be difficult. Maybe to get it out of the grass. Surprisingly, here. these little these little derpy face roadrunners right here. <laughs> these bad boys. I, I use these for redfish. Uh, okay. I pull redfish with these, so you'd be surprised how strong they are. You just got to throw them on braid. Um, but I, you know, they. I think it's owner that makes them. They make a little one knot. I don't know if you've ever seen them. Little one knot underspins, mm -hmm. and, and they have a real small hook gap, right? And so you can fit it on these little swim baits like this. And, uh, uh, yeah, like the, the flashy swimmer, right? Yeah, the flashy swimmers. And, and the cool thing about the flashy swimmers is they have that quick clip release for the blade, yeah. uh, the actual arm of the blade. You can take it off the head and just use the head as a weedless um, swim bait hook. And I use that all the time because mm -hmm. they have a real good balance. And so, mm -hmm. yeah, they make these nice little one-aughts that I, if, if I really need to go weedless, that's usually what I'll do is I'll use those or, and I'll take the, the flashy off if it's getting and just Texas mucked up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, it's just that um, they have the screw locks. It's just, you yeah. know, the oh, yeah, flashy yeah. swimmers. Yeah, they'll yeah, have yeah. the screw locks and I'll just pop that bottom blade off and and run them through the grass. And it's it's pretty weedless. It's really not that bad. So, mm -hmm. so I I get that like a flashy swimmer type eight is going to have less, a, a lot less vibration than a spinner bait. But don't those two kind of overlap a bunch? Like when, when are you going to go? with like a bigger flashy swimmer with like a three or four inch versus a spinner bait. Uh, is there, is there still enough room that you're going to use both? Or if you have the flashy swimmer, maybe that's that kind of, so, it's close enough. Yeah. So, sometimes, I mean, if they like, you know, if they're hitting on school and fish a lot, you, know, you want multiple blades or something like that. And they're just keying on it better. I'll switch to a spinner bait. But to be honest with you, I throw an understand more than I throw a, a regular spinner bait because it's, it really is more of a finesse type presentation. And, and I feel like my bite ratio with an understand is just way higher. And maybe that's probably just me. I'll probably just suck at throwing a regular spinner bait. <laughs> so. I just throw the spinner bait really just, uh, most of the time I'm just, uh, just basically banging it around on the bottom really slowly. Um, because I, that's something I don't feel like I can really accomplish as well with some small bait and i throw really small i throw really small spinner baits too uh i like throwing really compact small i don't know it's like a theme with me like yeah. teeny is good so uh, yeah. teeny catches big fish it it does it does it does yeah bigger is not always better 
I said it. I'll admit it. I don't even care. Bigger is not always better in the fishing yeah. world. <laughs> yeah. All right. So now we kind of have all that. And let, let's go to, to set up. How are you going to throw this? So let, let's stick. I, I know finesse swim baits can be such a big category. Let's say more like we were talking about before. Smaller quarter ounce, three sixteenths ounce head, three inch bait. What's your setup for that? Or like the smaller ones? I uh, like the smaller ones. Um, I like to run the Picasso round uh, tungsten roundhead uh, ball jigs, and they come in two different size hooks on there. So I can change it from, you know, I can go from a two and a half inch swim bait, and I can go then to like a four to six inch, you know, and I can played off either one of those. That's like my favorite setup right there is quarter ounce and then just a little bit heavier if I'm trying to run a little deeper, you know, and those are my favorite setups, man. It's really a pretty simple setup. And I throw a lot of it on a spinning rod too. So I can really launch it way out there and cover a lot of water with it. So I use it a lot like a lot of people would use a spinner bait for like a search bait, you know, I'll go over to a big rocky flat that has lots of points on it. And I'll fan cast that thing and just work everything I can with it. And so rod, reel, line, all that, what what do you use? So uh, my rod would be uh, a St. Croix, obviously. It would be a medium light or a medium fast tip. I like to use H-strand uh, braid on there with a leader. And I'll run a 12 to a 17-pound leader. I'll run a, I'll, I run pretty heavy leaders yeah. because generally I'm fishing this a lot. In a lot of places, other people wouldn't fish a small swim bait or a swim bait in particular. So I run my leaders a little heavier so I can bang it around some rocks. So I can get it caught on some stuff and yank it out. Yeah, I'm surprised to hear 17. That's, But, I mean, with, with what you're saying, throwing it around grass and cover it, it makes sense why you're doing it. Right. And when you hook a really big fish, I don't know about you, but when I'm fishing around cover, I don't want to be like an eight-pound line. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because when you hook into a big one, it's going to be like you're not going to have a whole lot of time to get them away from that cover. You know, Tim, how about you? Um, well, going to that line thing, I, I just pray a lot when I get a big fish and hope it doesn't break me <laughs> off. Uh, so I, I, I'm about the same. I throw mine on a spinner rod most of the time. It's just easier to cast it around. Um, I'm using 15 to 20 pound. Um, Fins braid. I use wind tamer because um, it, it just cuts through the wind really well. Um, but instead of using a, a fluoro leader, a lot of times I'll use a, um, a copolymer leader, like a P-line P CXX or I think CXX. Um, that's almost clear just because I've noticed I can put a really long leader on there with it and it, it's smooth and it casts well and it doesn't have the memory problems that like a lighter fluoro or something does. So it just casts a little better for me. Um, that's really all I'm throwing. Throwing on like a seven foot, medium, medium light rod, and like I said, man, I, I don't even set my drag that hard. I just pray a lot if I get if I get a big one and hope it doesn't pull me off into something else. So, but yeah, that's what I throw it on. I mean, they're light, so you got to be able to cast them. You want to have a lighter line, a lighter rod, you know, something you can really sling these because if you're trying to throw it on a bait caster, it's just it's not going to work very well. So, yeah. Catherine. I, uh, I'm a person that likes super, super light jig heads. So, um, I use, uh, often the Okashira, like the, 
Gosh, is it like a one sixteenth? Okay, it's like there's there might be three sixteenths, might be, but it's like they're one of their smallest uh, lightweight Okashira screw heads. I like, or I use the Smeltinator by Bass Tactics. That's the other one I like to use. Um, uh, I use a a Dobbin seven two. Uh, it's a medium light sort of uh, ecstasy line rod, and I run Ooh. I run a fifteen to twenty pound braid with eight to ten pound liter, depending. A couple times I'll bu I'll bust up to a twelve pound if I'm around a lot of muscles, <laughs> like I was in yeah. Champlain or something like that. Um, but I like super super light. Um, mainly because I, I don't do straight retrieve a lot. A lot of the times I'm um, trying to mimic sort of stunned fish and, and doing sort of an erratic retrieve with a lot of falling. So, you know, I, I'm, especially if I'm trying to do something, do that in more deeper water. Um, I just, you know, I'm super patient. I was just having a flashback about with Kurt, uh, when he's talking about eelgrass, because I swear, Kurt, when I when I first met you, it was on lacrosse, and everybody asked me like, "What are you doing?" I was around a bunch of eelgrass, and I think I was telling you guys I was throwing like a a, a hula stick on a Ned rig jig head that I was swimming around the eelgrass on this little <laughs> tiny like one fifteenth Ned, and everybody looked like I I was insane, but I looked at Kurt, and he's like. You know, probably, <laughs> probably wanted to tell me I should use a swim bait, but I, I mean, was essentially doing something very similar with that. But um, but I, I like super light. I've caught really big fish on that. Um, there's just something about that that wants they just want to crush something that's obviously needs to be put out of its misery. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, and and it'll hold. I use a spinning rod, so it'll hold. But. And, and like Tim, I, I, I do a lot of drag management and, and some yeah. people uh, comment rather rudely to me about drag management, but I caught, uh, when I was on the ship, I caught like these, I don't know, they were, I couldn't lift them with one hand and I can lift a bag of dog food. So I don't know like how big this uh, dang drum I caught. It was so heavy, I had to like lean it on my chest. And that thing yeah. took me a little while to get in, but I caught that thing, you know, it was, it was at least like, 30 pound drum on that little tiny <laughs> thing in the tournament. Everybody's like, why don't you cut it off? I'm like, I want to see what that thing was, you know, yeah. Yeah. dragging me yeah. around, you know, wondering what, give me a sleigh ride around Lake Champlain of the thing. But, <laughs> but, uh, man, it's amazing. It's, it's such a rush to catch massive, aggressive fish on these little tiny, baits with with a light pole and uh man there's nothing like it it's like catching you know i i suppose if you're like out on the on the ocean and catch some like sailfish or something like that maybe it's same rush but there's just something about that screaming drag and you gotta like try and figure out how the heck you're gonna get this thing in the boat with your little tiny hook and <laughs> it's sort of it's a big rush i love it so yeah, I looked it up on Tackle Warehouse, the Okashira, they sell it in a, a 16th and an 8th ounce. So, 16th, okay. that's a 16th, yeah. yeah. Oh, I like yeah. That's light. Yeah, I know, I know. Um, I like dainty. <laughs> so. yeah, that's like one of the beauties of of, swim, of these of fish and small swim baits, is just 
the diversity of how and how you can rig it and then how you can fish it. You know, it's just that's to me is what makes the bait very because it adapts itself to any situation. You know, you can fish eelgrass, you can fish cover with it, you can fish 50 feet with it, you can fish one foot with it. I mean, there's not a whole lot of baits. You can't do that with a square bill. Right? <laughs> no. You know what I mean? You can't, it's not that versatile, you know. So Tim and Kurt, if uh, let's say more open water, uh, is there, what retrieves are you using? Uh, like Catherine, is it, you're kind of letting it fall a lot or straight retrieves or? Or just letting the fish tell you what they want. Uh, it's always for me. It's always uh, the, letting the fish tell me what they want. You know, I you know, I just did a video about it not too long ago, and I got like three basic ones that I use. You know, a straight retrieve, a jerk bait kind of retrieve where you're snapping it and letting it fall, snapping it and then letting it fall, and then uh, just and then reeling it and then pausing it, reeling it, pausing it, reeling. It. And those are like my three main ones. But, you know, it's like really whatever the fish end up telling you how they want it, you know, because sometimes it's weird. Sometimes you got to rip it off the bottom and they're biting it right as it's tearing, right as it's taking off because they're, they're just keying in on that. And then other times it's all about the fall where it has to be falling for them to, to want to pick it up, you know. And like we were talking about like Watts Bar, it was all about the fall. I didn't even feel the fish on the line hardly ever. I never felt a thump because it was kind of cold out. They were just picking Kinda. it up, kind of, you know. And, 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 and you know, I, and, I, and I recorded myself. So when I watched the video, I see myself just like kind of setting the hook, and there would be nothing there, like about eighty times, because you just didn't know when one was on there. You let it hit, fall, and drop, and I'd feel anything, like maybe it bumped a, a small rock or something. And I'm like setting the hook every time, you know. And a few times there were fish on there, but. You know, so it's just different. You got you really got to dial in what the fish want. Tim, do you have a go-to, like where where you start? I guess. Um, I, I'm exactly like the other two. It's just what the fish want, right? Um, you know, sometimes they'll tell you without even throwing uh, your bait. You'll see what they're doing. They'll be popping and chasing shad. You know, like we just had a tournament um, here that I did terrible in because I couldn't figure out where the heck my fish went but when i was pre-fishing they were sitting there popping shad across the top of the water right you could see the busting them out of the water and so they only wanted it at the top they wouldn't even touch it on the bottom right and then there's other days where it's like kate's talking about you just throw it out there and you, sometimes you just gotta bounce it on the bottom and hop it every once in a while and they'll whack it, it it's really just kind of nuanced to what the fish are doing at that particular time I mean, it, it takes a minute to figure it out sometimes, you know, you won't get a bite for a little while, but once you figure that out and then you can do it over and over and over again, and you'll get a lot of bites on these swim baits. If you figure the pattern out where they want it, you will get a ton of bites on finesse swim baits. Whether you're just looking to stay warm during a hunt or need maximum concealment, the clothing you wear can make or break a hunt. At MidwayUSA.com, we understand hunting clothing has come a long way with more meticulously crafted camo patterns, advanced scent control technologies, and weatherproof options to withstand the elements. Hunters have to wait until their favorite season, but shouldn't wait on gear, which is why MidwayUSA offers super fast shipping. When you're ready for your next system, log on to MidwayUSA.com. It's just, it happens every time you figure it out. So, All right. So, <laughs> I love but, that laugh, Kurt. <laughs> 
<laughs> he, Kurt, Kurt knows what's up. Uh, no, 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 dude, you're, you're so right, man. What you just said. Once you figure out what they want with a small swim bait, man, yep. they will just eat it and eat it and eat yep. it and eat it and eat. I mean, they won't stop once you dial it in. Yep. So when when are you going to the finesse swim bait? Is it whenever, like, <laughs> is Always. it whenever things <laughs> with Catherine's yeah. like all the time? Always. Yeah. yeah. I mean, is is it whenever you see small bait? Is it things get tough or or? I just, use it to find fish. Yeah. I use it like a search bait or I don't know. It's like, especially the Okashira with it, like a spark shad. It's like a little, like a spy bait almost. And I just cover a lot of water with that. And if I'm going to get, find a bite, I'm going to find it really quick with that. And it's just, I find it a lot easier to, to just fan cast and work my way through different stuff with that. So when I, I do have to ask this, Catherine, when do you use both the spark shad and the Hezodong? Or just the, because like Greg Blanchard, you see him go from one to the other. I'm like, it's like the same bait. Or, or no, uh, Chris Aldane, he, oh, this, this right now, oh, this has a dong. I need to put that on. <laughs> it's like the same bait. Do you use both or just one? Um, I, I have both. I tend to use a spark shad more than a hazardong. Um, I feel like it's balanced a little differently for especially with the little light stuff that I'm throwing. I, I just, it just, it just feels like it works better with what I want to do. But yeah. And it's, what, I mean, they're just so has it on. I don't know. I don't know. It just feels so narrow to me uh, compared to the spark shed. It just feels a little more balanced on it. And is there a time whenever you're using the screw head, not the screw head? Or just yeah no the, there's times I don't use a screw head for sure um, I don't know but I tend to I tend when I'm just searching I use the screw head because I just feel like again I like razzmatazz a little bit a little sound a little rat I just try to cover more basis and I just feel like there if there's a fish that I'm gonna I'm gonna find them in there with that mm -hmm. I don't I don't know how to explain it this is I mean I'll cover miles doing that little throwing that little bait everywhere. Yeah, it's and different. can you give us a a tub impression of what a screwhead? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <Come on>. no. <laughs> All right, Tim. When when are you going at nestling bait? When like, ooh, that, like I'm seeing Always. this on my graph. This is yeah. this is it. This is the setup I need to be throwing at nestling bait. When when are you throwing? Uh, pretty much most of the time. I'm kind of the same way. I've, well, I, 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 say, I say throwing it. Ends of the spectrum. I've got it tied on. Usually I've got, you know, some kind of three and a half, four inch of something tied on. And then I've got a smaller one tied on. Um, because you just, if they're short striking my bigger one, um, you know, I like to throw, I, I like to throw an underspin a lot with the, um, the exo and the, the swimmers. Right. Yeah. And, um, I had a lot of short strikes on those the other day, but then you switch over to these smaller, you know, little finesse guys in those short strikes completely go away. And especially if you're using open hooks and things like that, you really kind of eliminate a lot of loss of bites, I guess is the best way to put it. But really I've, I've got one tied on most of the time, except for winter. I mean, that's just, sometimes I'll do it in the winter. Um, it just depends if I am doing it in the winter, it's just heavy. I'm trying to keep it on the bottom, make it look like a dying fish. Um, but you know, it's like Kurt says, Kurt, <laughs> Kurt nodded his head over there. You can always throw a finesse swim bait. 
Always. Always. So much fun. <laughs> well, Kurt, I, it sounds like there's something you always have tied on as well, huh? Always, man. I mean, honestly, you won't. There's almost no, there's actually no chance you'll see me in my kayak without one tied on. I mean, I, it doesn't matter what I'm fishing for, where I'm fishing, the, the tied on or a four inch. I mean, there'll, there'll be something tied on between three and four inches, guaranteed, no matter where I go. You know, and it's one of those baits that I've got so much confidence in that I know that no matter where I go, I'll, I'll find fish with it. You know, and, and one of the ways, you know, and here's a little thing that I do that helps me on new water with the small swim bait is I, I'll troll them to help me figure out what's going on. Like, you know, for instance, at Lake Champlain, I found a killer smallmouth bite and never was able to fish it during the tournament because of the wind. But how I found it was, is there was all these rock piles that were separated by these big flats they had nothing in them. There was no weeds or anything, but there'd be these little rock veins that came out. And I just trolled a small swim bait over them. And it helped me figure out where the smallmouth were and which of those rock veins that they were relating to. And it actually wasn't even the rock veins. And that's why I was targeting. It was the clear spaces in between them that they were swimming down. And then they would, then they would shoot up and they would yeah. saw stuff in the rocks and attack it. And that's, you know, and I and I troll it to, to figure that bite out. Now you can't use that during the Hobie tournament. You can't do that, but it helped key me on the bite. And then after I found them with the swim bait, and then I start moving to other finesse baits to dial in like other ways I can catch them and exactly where they're positioned. Mm -hmm. um, it's just another way to use the swim bait. You know, it's just mm -hmm. it's just such an amazing bait, and it's just so versatile. Oh, that, that honestly, y'all are really opening my eyes to how versatile it is. I, I, I guess I kind of saw it as a, like it has its particular place. But yeah, all three y'all are have been very successful. All in that about room. the derpy face. <laughs> <laughs> it's deadly. <laughs> all right. Well, that's all the questions I had. Was there anything, anything else y'all wanted to tell people about finesse swim baits that maybe I missed? Don't don't quit on them. If you're not catching something on them, don't quit on them. That just means you hadn't figured out how they want it or maybe where they are. The, you know, like we've been talking about the whole time. Once you find them, they're they're gonna start whacking it, and you can almost always catch them because you get pressured fish really easily with these finesse swim baits too. So your numbers, your bites will always increase. So I mean, that's my biggest piece of advice: throw them. I mean, a lot of people. You know, we're we're bad about throwing something that we don't usually throw, and then if we don't catch anything on it quickly, we kind of just put it down and go to what we like, right? Yeah. You got to throw them for a little while to get used to them. You know, kind of figure out what you like, how you like to throw them, what you like to throw them on. Uh, but once you get it dialed in, it's an absolutely deadly tactic. Cool, Catherine. Wait, <laughs> I was like just zoning in on what Tim was like. Oh yeah. <laughs> Just about it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, just. I don't are, know. Are, are you I, at I, I it, it looks like a Hampton Inn. I'm in the Holiday Inn. Holiday Inn. Okay. Yeah. I'm in Lacrosse, Wisconsin. Uh, okay. 
Oh, you're already up there. Life, man. Oh, I'm <laughs> so jealous. Yeah, I just I just got here, but I haven't fished yet. I got to go to Minnesota tomorrow, so don't be jealous yet. But uh, oh, I'm still yeah. jealous. <laughs> <laughs> but I but I will be throwing a lot of swim baits uh, up here as well. So we'll see what happens. I, I guess the uh, you know if you're really starting out um, with in, in this. When I first started, I, I wasn't sure, like, you know, because especially we have the derpy face things with eyeballs and all that. I guess this is just for newbies. You don't have to cut off the face of the swim bait because it has eyeballs. <laughs> like, yeah. I, when, I first, yeah. when I first started, I was like, it has, this has eyes and this has eyes. This looks really weird with, like, derpy face and these eyeballs <laughs> looking at each other. But why, Fish, why would they do that on the mega bass on the Okashira? If they know the spark shad is what you're going for. I know. And especially like, the spark shad has like already it's a derpy little look on it as yeah. well. And yeah. but fish do not care if it has four eyeballs. So that's just a tip for you new people that have never <laughs> done it. Just leave it the way it is. <laughs> and uh they don't care. They're gonna kill it anyways, no matter yeah. how many eyeballs it has or whatever. So just uh don't be scared. I know some people will cut that will cut it, you know, because they I don't know why, but you don't need to just just keep it on there. And if anything, it's just more um, you want it to swim for me, swim naturally. So if you, you see your swim bait, you know, starting to spin a little weird or something like that, start doing spirals and stuff like that, uh, you know, try try and figure out how to fix that, because if it starts looking really unnatural, I think that if anything that impacts your bite. Mm -hmm. More you want it to really mimic an a live fish as much as you can. And so the the fish will go like that. It's there's just ways I'm not touching that thing. That something's not right with that. You want it to swim yeah. right. So there's my last thought I would have on that. Okay. So putting the bait on there straight is like I guess kind of like a net. It's yeah. really important. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, that's super important. You know, I mean, if, if I'm speaking to like someone who's just getting into swim baits or who's, who's not real comfortable with them, I would say vary your retrieves a lot. That's the biggest thing with swim baits is that you impart the action to the bait. Mm -hmm. So if you are just straight retrieving it over and over, man, your bite ratio is going to go way down. You're just not going to get the bites. That's not how you fish these. You I mean, you really want to throw them out. You want to pop them. You want to use them like a jerk bait. You want to pause it. You want to drag it on the bottom and let it bounce off of stuff. Um, you know, and, and honestly, I, I would tell anyone who's getting into it, man, go check out my YouTube channel. Great you know, YouTube channel, got, by the way. Yeah. yeah, I got a couple of videos on on swim baits, and the, the latest one I did really goes into the, the retrieving aspect of it. Um, and I would say open your mind to the prospects of using it like a spinner bait throwing it in the cover, throwing it in the places you wouldn't think to. Because if you only throw it into open water, because that's where most people are going to start with an open hook. So they're not going to want to throw it into the wood, you know, especially like on a small swim bait, like a Kytec or anything that has that type of long, uh, a body where you can uh, run a Texas rig with an offset worm hook, man, you can throw that anywhere. Once you set it up like that and you peg a weight to it or however you want to do your weight, there's multiple ways you can do it. You can really open up the areas you can fish these things. I mean, you can fish them anywhere. As soon as you Texas rig it, you can instantly fish it anywhere. Any cover, grass, 
weeds, branches, rocks. I mean, I, I've, I've even found a bite where I was pitching and flipping holes in weeds and basically weed mats that you would normally put a creature bait on, but they weren't biting the creature bait. But as soon as I threw a yeah. two and a half inch swim bait in there and it was a little swim bait going up and down in these little holes, man, it was like every third cast I was getting bit. Wow. Put the creature bait right back on this exact same setup, the exact same weight, no bites. So they were, you know, they were obviously feeding not on bluegill, but something very small and something very white mm -hmm. swimming around in these mats. So e it, it, open your mind, you know, have an open mind to how you can, how and where you can throw them. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I guess crazy detail. something we always want to give somebody a chance to do before they leave is uh, shout out anybody that makes fishing easier for you. And we'll start with you, Kurt, since you were talking about your YouTube. Tell him how everybody can find you. Uh, you can find me at Smitty Fisher on YouTube. You can find me at Kurt Smith's on Facebook. Um, on Instagram at Smitty Fisher as well, man. Um, you know, that's how you can get a hold of me. And uh, big shit. Are we thanking our sponsors now? Is that what we're doing? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Uh, yeah, I'd like to thank some of my, you know, my big sponsors or my main sponsors, you know, Hobie, Strictly Sale, Fishing Online. Um, Picasso. <laughs> Picasso. Of course, I'm like freezing. Uh, Put you on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> and then those are like my main sponsors. And I want you know, th those guys really take care of me and do a lot for me. I, want to, I really want to thank them a lot. Good deal. Tim? Uh, the Texas Hammer. Uh, yeah, the Texas Hammer. Uh, no. <laughs> no, so no uh, I shouldn't say that too loud. He's going to come after me. Uh, that guy's going to show up at my door. Uh, no, I, you know, I. Uh, I would like to thank my wife first and foremost. She lets me fish a lot more than I probably should get to. Um, she let me move up here near Lake Conroe. So that makes me even fish even more. So uh, definitely thanks to my wife um, and, you know, Exxon lures, they, they are awesome. They keep me stocked up with great baits. You know, yeah. Right behind you. Yeah. You know how it is. Um, and the rod glove, you know, VRX fishing, those guys are great over there. Um, and they're, they're constantly keeping me stocked up with product. Uh, and then fins fishing is another big one for me, man. Those guys, they're, they're braid specific. Uh, they're out of Kentucky. I don't know if y'all have ever heard of them. That's called fins fishing, but they make probably the most amazing specialty braids on the market. And, and their, their stuff is just lights out. I, I don't know where I'd be without their braid now, probably still getting mad <laughs> at losing fish and getting angry at trees and saying things I probably shouldn't say to them. So, but, uh, yeah, those are my big, big sponsors i want to thank this time and uh definitely my wife good deal. <laughs> make sure she gets a good mention yeah i'll check them out Catherine. um definitely hobie fishing i mean they're keeping me floating around right now and i'm, I'm having a blast and all the hobie bos and omnia omnia fishing i partner with them um you know i'm on the road most of the time and they have really fast shipping. They've got all the little swim baits that my heart desires, and I can get them in two days to pretty much any wonderful hotel that I'm <laughs> staying at right now. And uh, definitely, and Dobbins Rods, man, I've been having a blast with them. And and I just, like I said, this is one of my favorite things to throw. And uh, I'm just really happy to be able to come chat with you guys on that. So thank you very much. Give some love to my, my favorite little things. That the 1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. 
designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard-issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. That fish just love to destroy. So, <laughs> what 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 kind of kayak are you in, Tim? Uh, a PA twelve. Yeah, a, so a, the, a beat the, up PA twelve. I need to win the tournament tonight. So, I, yeah. I, maybe they go along like finesse swim baits and. Hobie's, Hobie's taking over, buddy. Sorry. That's right. That's right. <laughs> no, no, hey, they're great kayaks. I'm not putting. No, them they're down. good. They're good kayaks. All right. Well, thank y'all. We I appreciate y'all being on, and uh, everybody be safe out there. And uh, good you. luck if you're fishing this weekend. And always, as always, wear your PFDs. Thanks, yeah. everybody. Thank you. Thank Thanks for tuning in to another killer episode on Paddle in Pin. Don't forget to go check out our website at paddle, the letter N, and fin.com. Don't forget to check out the YouTube channel at Paddle and Fin. If you got a question, comment, want to hear from a future guest on a future episode, feel free to email us at paddle, the letter N, and fin at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Paddle and Fin on Facebook and Instagram. Shout out to our show supporters, Angler, the Angler Button, and app just makes for a better time on the water and creates a virtual logbook for every fishing outing out on the water. Shout out to Rocktown Adventures, located in Northern Illinois, for all your kayaking, camping, and hiking needs. Shout out to Jigmasters Jigs. When in doubt, get the jig out. Go to jigmasters.com. A life that has the stories to back it. A life to be proud of. It's a Winchester life. Yeah, baby. 6-8 Western. Oh, I'll be over there, baby. Right there. Tune in every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV.